Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Let's get to Michael Cagino, President and Portfolio Manager at Permanent Portfolio Family of Funds. So the Fed chief, Michael, often sounds a little more dovish in the in the news conferences than the statement. I think his comment to being sort of referring to being near neutral already really juiced up the bulls. But he also said that it doesn't matter if we get a negative GDP report. And that tells us that he's mainly watching the jobs market. And that has some implications. You can get some other bad data and maybe the Fed doesn't take such notice. How are you playing this latest uh, Fed move? Well, the comment on GDP is self-serving uh, because I think we expect the number to not be that great tomorrow. And depending on your definition of recessions, um, you know, it either is or isn't. But it's really kind of a technicality. Uh, the economy is slowing. And I, I think the Fed's announcement today was indicative of the cross-currents that are currently in the marketplace. I mean, on one hand, employment's strong. On the other hand, we're near neutral. But on the other hand, we might be raising more. They just might not be as big as chunk as, as we've seen in the last couple months. So it all adds up, continuous, or, or it continues to add up as a lot of uncertainty and unanswered questions. So I think the way you play it is to be fairly diversified among a, bar, a broad sector of assets. Sounds like a broken record for me, but, but that's how you play this environment. You hedge your bets in a number of directions, and you have exposure in a number of spots, and that way you minimize downside risk. Um, and you have multiple avenues to possibly make some money or stay close to zero in this environment. Michael, Steve Engel here. Of course, we just talked about how Powell doesn't think the U.S. is currently in a recession. How, do you, how deep do you feel the recession will, go, will be, if there is one, uh, during this, what you admitted to is a slowing U.S. economy? Well, I, I think, you know, if you go by the technical definition, I think we're probably in one right now. I don't expect much in the second quarter, and even if it's positive, it's going to be marginally and probably negative year-to-date. Um, the question as to how deep, how long, how extensive, we really don't know. I mean, there's arguments in a number of directions on whether this recession could be pretty brief and shallow, given the employment picture. Um, or it could be deep in something we're mired in a while if inflation is stubborn and we have a hard time reducing that number. And again, I go back to the, 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 the point that we just do not have answers. It's a very unique cycle given 
what we've done the last couple of years in terms of creating money, in terms of COVID, in terms of coming out of COVID, the, the voluntary shutting down of the economy, the unintended consequences of trying to get back online, not only here but globally, um, no. it, it just presents a lot of things we just don't know the answer to. So and it makes, I, I it can't makes tell it... you today well, how deep it's going to be or whether we're even going to be in one, but I suspect we are, and the jury's out as to how deep and long it'll be. Uh, so, of course, we talked about the Fed, but we also need to talk about the big tech rally, tech investors overnight kind of latching on to perhaps what they wanted to hear from the Fed. Uh, but, Michael, does it reflect the fundamentals in tech right now? Meta disappointed after the bell. Qualcomm gave a lackluster forecast. But, again, Microsoft yesterday had a disappointing results but then gave a bullish outlook. What's your take? It's always hard to predict stock directions on quarterly earnings. We're long-term investors, so it, it really well, – <laughs> I don't place much emphasis on immediate stock reaction. I think, you know, tech generally has gone up the last month or so um, from an oversold condition. And if if the market is right or people in the market are right and thinking that we're near the end of rate increases and might even be looking at rate cuts because of a recession down the road, then the migration towards growth stocks makes a lot of sense. Um, we, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but but buying them now is a lot cheaper than several months ago. So, um, you know, you want to have a diversified portfolio, and generally speaking, that's where the growth is in the market. Um, but you have to look at those in conjunction with the macroeconomic environment, and just because they performed that way in the past doesn't mean they will again. So oversold, um, a nice bounce. We need to learn more as to whether it's sustainable and moves further from here. So you're not a big believer in the fundamentals indicating that things will get better. Uh, and I think people generally in America probably share your thoughts. Um, I'm curious why, if people have jobs, they feel like they're either already in reflation or heading into it. Is it mainly inflation? Well, employment numbers are a lagging indicator. Um, and we're starting to hear announcements of companies restructuring, laying people off. Jobless claims was a higher number. Um, than recent uh, over the last week or so. So, I mean, you know, that, that number could flip. But I think what you have or what you've had in the last couple of years is um, you had a lot of money put in people's pockets. It went into savings accounts. It bought stocks and bonds and real estate. People were spending it. They felt good because they had that money. And those that could work or wanted to work were working in conjunction with that. Um, to the extent you're working, you still have that, although prices are getting higher, so it's making you more nervous as to how you're going to spend. And for those that didn't work and they're spending their savings, at some point that's going to run out. The question is, what if the job market turns, and what if you deplete all those savings and, and assets? What are you going to spend? And that would be a tailwind to a deeper recession if, if that were to occur. So it does make sense to pay close attention to jobs and job trends, um, and underlying demand as to what would drive those jobs one way or the other. Hey, Michael, do you have a hot take on what's happening with the Chinese economy as it relates to its contribution to, to global growth or perhaps not global growth? Obviously, we have Biden and Xi. They're going to be talking uh, soon, I think later today. Uh, but we're also getting you know, lots of words out of like the SEC saying U.S. and Chinese officials, they must reach an agreement very soon on access to audits to avoid any delisting of Chinese stocks. Do you see a, a, a decoupling as, as kind of inevitable? Uh, that's a broad, broad question in a number of areas. I mean, you know, I, 
using accounting standards and, and having common standards would make a lot of common sense for investors. We've, we've allowed, when you look at the overall terms of trade between the United States and China, um, we've given up a lot more than we've received over the years, in my mm. view, in terms of we let a lot of things slide. The markets are not even competitive. Um, U.S. companies have a lot harder time getting traction over there than Chinese companies have here. It's also true of raising capital, opportunities, the amount of privacy that we have to give up when we're over there versus what yeah. they're allowed to do here. That, that's, we- that's above my pay grade. But the point <laughs> is, um, you know, you do need to have accounting standards to properly assess financial condition and financial statements. And if you don't have it, that is a risk factor that I would say investor beware. Um, and some investors are comfortable with that risk. Others are not. We're, we're a little less comfortable with that risk. All right, Michael, thanks very much. Up against the clock, Michael Cagino, president and portfolio manager at Permanent Portfolio Family of Funds. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.